interviewing top sports personalities from around the nation in order to provide you next-level insight and analysis into your Cleveland Browns. Blue Wire Hustle proudly presents All Eyes on Cleveland. And now, here is your host, Brad Ward. Welcome to All Eyes on Cleveland. It is October 7th, the year 2021, and the Cleveland Browns face off in an absolutely elite showdown on Sunday against the Chargers. Uh, I'm fired up about it. I know my uh, extraordinary guest is fired up about it. The one and only Jeff Risden of the Browns Wire, managing editor at the Lions Wire and uh, contributor at Real GM. How we doing, Jeff? It's been too long, brother. It has been too long. It's been since the preseason, so I'm, I'm, I'm here that we get to check in. Mm-hmm. I'm happy that the Browns are in first place, kind of. <laughs> is it is it is it really has it really been that long that's, that's yeah wild. i i think i think we did the pre the the last preseason show i think i did with you was so it's been it's been a month they're they're, they're three and one i'm not going to complain about that i'm, I'm happy uh-huh. with the with the overall progress not everything yeah. is hunky-dory but o- overall you can't really complain too much if you're a browns fan right now you well yeah you can't you can't complain about that about about the three and one record there are there are other things to discuss which yes, we will sir. discuss tonight. Lots of news today. Lots of lots of stuff to get into uh, and and figure out. You know, because all week long it's been you know react. The defense has been fantastic. You know, twenty five straight possessions of really good football. Going back to the Texans game, you know, held uh, opponents to one touchdown, thirteen points. Uh, that status courtesy of uh, Dennis Maniloff, but. Um, yeah, I mean, incredible stats out there right now. Their front four has been fantastic. They're getting oh, home with uh, four, uh, 22 pressures on, uh, you know, Kirk Cousins, uh, 16 of them with just four guys. Outstanding stuff. I mean, really good stuff across the board. Secondary's been playing well. Joe, uh, John Johnson's found his his groove. He's been playing well. Yes. You know, really good stuff from Delpit, JOK across the board i mean all looking good there and then there's baker right and then there's everything that's going on with baker mayfield and we're going to talk about that but you wrote a really good article um thank you yeah <laughs> and uh, you dove into the into the film of I this did. uh this game so yeah uh, we're gonna we're gonna go we're gonna go through it uh but part of it has to do with baker and and it actually what you wrote jeff uh, it turns out to be rather true today, huh? How about that? I wrote that Tuesday morning, and uh, yeah. pe- people were like, "Oh, come on, you're full of it." And uh, yeah, validation, baby. <laughs> yeah. So, and we'll talk about that. And I think you made some really good points in there. But here's uh, here's tonight's show. Let's bring it up. Beautiful. Browns and AFC Elite Showdown, featuring Jeff Risden of the Browns Wire. Got uh, Kareem Hunt. Uh, hurtling the all eyes on Cleveland sign down there at the bottom, yeah. And, and as he as he would if if as we were trying would. to defend him, <laughs> as he would. And JOK on there, so that's good stuff. You can get get the show uh, where podcasts are found in on YouTube. Of course, hit like, hit subscribe, hit the notification bell. Keep coming back, tell a friend. Here we go. Four takeaways from the Browns versus Vikings game. Let's dive in from uh. the great. Jeff Risden, October 5th. Uh, Clowney was a monster. He was. 
<clears throat> is he he is playing uh, as good a football as we've seen him play in multiple years, would you say? say it, it's not? been a very long time. So um, uh, as you know, uh, I used to be the managing editor of the Texans wear before I took over the Browns. And I, I my last two seasons covering the Texans were his last two years in Houston. And he was never as good there as he was on Sunday. So uh, I, I I was thoroughly impressed with how 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 like like he's one of those guys. He's a confidence player. Um, you know how it is in basketball. Like when when a guy starts getting hot and you just keep feeding him the ball and and, and everything yeah. feeds off of that. He's a guy. If he gets success early in a game, you better look out. You better strap it on because he's go- he's only going to get stronger as the game goes on. If he finds a success or a way to beat a guy early. And you can see it in the picture of the still that's right there. He figured out really quickly that he could swim over the inside. Um, and then when he would set that up, he had the outside counter move. And, man, it, it was a thing of beauty. That, that was – honestly, uh, it, it's very tough to outplay Miles Garrett the way Miles Garrett is playing. And Miles Garrett had a phenomenal game of his own. But that was that was a game that, that validates why Chadevian Clowney was so coveted and why – why, why Andrew Barry went after him and and why he's on the team and, and what he can do for the team because uh that like like you and I we've we talked about Olivier Vernon last year and like how he yeah. stepped he stepped up once miles was out but when the two were together they never clicked at the same time this was what happens when both guys click and, and both guys former number one overall picks my god that was fun to watch yeah in two weeks in a row now you're starting to see uh, he's drawing attention himself. You have yep. to pay. He, he's forcing opponents. You can't just just single him off and say forget it, right? And and concentrate on Garrett. And that's what we wanted, right? Ultimately, Absolutely. that's what we said. And, and then now you're getting though Malik Jackson, who played a hell of a game uh, yes, in did. this game, and Malik McDowell, who has been fantastic for the most part. And you've yep. got all four of them. Just, you know, first couple of games didn't really jump, but now you're starting to see them play off of each other and you're starting to see the, you know, the the hesitation and one guy coming off another guy's hip and off another guy's rear end and, and uh, stunts and all sorts of stuff. And they're and it's effective. I mean, just this play here, it's like, a, you know, you see guys turning the other way. Garrett's coming free. Clowney's free. It's like a race to the quarterback the last two weeks, right? Oh, absolutely, and and your 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 point about them learning how to play with one another and next to one another is so important, and uh, you know that that that's what comes from having chemistry and, and getting reps together. They should be getting better, and they are. That's that that's what you want to see if you if you're coaching the defense and seeing. I think Joe Woods is getting a better idea of how they also fit together and the combinations that he has. Um, you know, like the Malik's on the inside. Both of those guys are playing better than I expected them to. Now, they didn't start that way, but the last couple of weeks, especially Malik Jackson has really stepped it up in the last couple of weeks. Uh, Malik McDowell is always going to give you the energy. He doesn't always have it focused uh, necessarily at the ball, but he, he's been very effective, and he's a guy. The thing that I love is you got this front four, and they're they're taking up all five or even six blockers, and then that frees JOK to just run to the ball and, and make plays at the point of attack. Malcolm Smith did a phenomenal job on Sunday of doing the same thing. Um, when you have the speed they have at linebacker, and you got those that that front four, that's a devastatingly good front six. Um, you, you saw how they bottled up Dalvin. Dalvin Cook's a really talented running back. They didn't have any trouble at all with him. That's 
that's not something that you can count on, but it is also something that, like, yeah, yeah, they got that, man. They can do that. No doubt. There's no question. And uh, it's it's working out well. And and uh, that's fantastic to see. And that that's all the difference, you know, and all of a sudden the secondary looks good because the front four is getting home and, and you've got Delpit healthy and JOK is just a maniac out there. He plays so fast to the ball. It's incredible. Uh, it really I is. think... He has kind of changed this defense himself. Just you're noticing that they're playing better the more snaps he's getting every game, and I don't think that's a coincidence either. Oh, I agree. And and his ability to make up, like if he gets initially beat in coverage, his ability to recover with that speed, that takes things away. When you've got a quarter, we're looking at Kirk Cousins making a panic throw there um, yeah. in the still picture quarterbacks like Kirk Cousins that get impacted by that, that are a little tentative and hesitant. He can he can eat those guys up. Now, yes. just Justin Herbert is not that guy this weekend, and that's going to be that's going to be a different challenge. And I'll, we'll get to that. But uh, when you, when you've got the quarterbacks like that, like um, like they played with Justin Fields, we, I feel bad for Justin Fields. I feel bad bagging on him because it wasn't yeah. entirely his fault. That offensive line was just putrid, and their, their scheming didn't help either. But when you know that when you know that you can get in that quarterback's head like that, and he's thinking. You know, when he's in a situation like that, he's like, oh, crap, I can't throw it there because J.O.K. might undercut the route or something like that. Or or I see him running back and he, he might be in position. That really, really takes options away from the offense, and that helps your pass rush too. So, you know, obviously the guys up front are getting it done, but having a guy like J.O.K. with his sort of range and recovery speed, like even if he gets fooled initially, his ability to get back in the play, that, that helps the pass rush too because the quarterback's going to be wondering, God, is it – is, is, is Tyler Conklin really open there, or, or, or I don't, I don't know, man. I better throw it yeah. away, or I better, I better just take the sack. Absolutely. So great stuff there. I mean, you, you can't say enough about this defense. Uh, we're going to skip over this for the moment. Okay, we'll come back to that. Put a, put a note on that on Baker. Uh, no, Greg Newsom, no problem. You wrote, uh, and you got to feel good for Greedy Williams, a guy. You know, it's come out now pretty widely. Uh, renowned, uh, I had Nate Ulrich on the show, and he was the first one that told me a, kind of about behind the scenes that he had gone to prefer and that he had, you know, kind of he- kept his head up the whole time when he lost the job and said, just let me find a way to contribute. He's been all positive the whole time because he knows he's seen it every year. You're going to get your shot when you're cornerback in the NFL. Absolutely. You can never have too many cornerbacks. I'll, I'll look at the other team that I cover right now. Uh, the Lions are on their number five and number six outside corners, um, and they're starting. Um, and one is an undrafted rookie, and the other one's a safety who was an undrafted rookie last year. That that's that's what happens in the NFL. That's why it's important that AJ Green is still around. Now he only played one rep Sunday, and didn't play well um, on that rep. That Kirk Cousins saw him immediately, like, oh, I'm throwing there. But uh, yeah, getting getting good play out of Greedy, and and he talked about the attitude, and and Nate brings up a good point with it. This was a guy that when he came out of LSU was sort of a me first guy. Like he played for the Williams on the back and not necessarily the LSU on the front. And we've never seen that in Cleveland from him. Never. So give him a lot of credit. Give, give the LSU contingency on the team a lot of credit too for, for steering one of their brothers in arms into the right way, because uh, it would have been real easy for him to write off the Browns as much as it would have been for the Browns to write him off with all the injuries both sides have stayed with it, and that, that's a testament to the, the organization and the, the strength that they have and the trust that they have in them. And uh, I, 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 re- I really, really was so ha- I was so happy for him when he got that interception. Uh, oh. 
It was it was so great. I actually I, I was I was sitting in a chair and I actually like jumped up a little bit from him because I was so excited for him. And yeah. I, you know I, th- that's great. And and he wasn't the only guy out there that had a good game. You brought up John Johnson earlier. That was his best game in Cleveland. It, it finally felt like he realized, okay, I'm seeing the field and I'm seeing like like okay, Denzel is good over here on this route, but on this route, I might need to go help him. You know, he, yeah. he's learning what the guys in front and around him do well and don't do well and where he can best fit in. And I think you saw a jump in that uh, in the second half of the Bears game, which was more like, you know, a, a duck shoot. But uh, the, especially in Minnesota, <laughs> he, it, it really felt like he was back in the command that you saw from Los Angeles and, and why, why again, why they targeted him and why they felt like he would be such a good fit. You saw that Sunday. Yeah, there's a great clip of uh, it's. You can only see it from the all twenty-two, but of uh, Garrett getting home on a sack and him just jumping up in the air in the in the yeah yeah in the background, like so fired up uh, in the Minnesota game. John Johnson, uh, awesome uh, coming along, and our guy Troy Hill here at All Eyes on Cleveland. We love him. Uh, you know, he's yeah. our he's our show. Uh, Show favorite, hang on here. They're all eyes on Cleveland. We here, yeah. Native son, baby. <laughs> yeah, there he is. Uh, but uh, yeah, so he um, is playing great. He's playing fantastic. He's all he over is. the place. He is. I I, I noticed. Um, I, I I noticed that I didn't notice him, which is the best compliment you can play to a pay to a slot corner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and how about greedy? What do you have? Six tackles. So. You know, any concern about the nerve or him playing uh, scared? Not at all. He came up and played the run game pretty well. And uh, on on the last or the second to last Vikings drive, he made a huge tackle on third yeah. down that prevented that fourth down. And um, that was a play where he led with the shoulder that had been injured. Now it wasn't a very good tackle attempt, but it did it did in fact end the play. So props to him. <laughs> I, I I'd still like to see his tackling improve. There's always room for improvement, but yeah, he. He didn't have a problem going after it, and that, that that makes me happy. So this picture has brought up another question for me, just just in looking at it. This is Richie LeCount right here. Yes, it is. Where where the hell has he been? Has he been even been dressing? <laughs> uh he was he was inactive this past game. Uh they okay. they don't necessarily need him. Although he, he is dressed there, so he must have been active for the game. Yeah. Um, I didn't do the inactives this week. Jared Mueller did that for Brownswear, so I uh, Okay. I missed out on that, but yeah, I I haven't seen him. I did, I don't remember him playing, and just thinking at, you know, a quick perusal of the yeah. snapcats. I, I don't think he I don't think he got in the game. Um, th- yeah, this is this is on the sideline. So this picture was taken on the sideline after Greedy got the interception. You better believe he kept the ball. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, look at that, Grant. That's his first interception in the NFL. Awesome for him. We got to feel good for him. A guy who stays with it. Uh, even though they went first round and drafted above him, he lost his job kind of due to injury, but went out and played a heck of a game, and they're going to need him again on Sunday for sure. Yep, Greg um, Newsom's out this Sunday, so they're, yes. they're going to rely on him once again. All right, so you got quick hits in this article. There's a bunch of them here. What a great picture. These pictures are great. That you know. There's another one where Miles um, actually has uh, uh, their fullback Darvin Ham, and he's like lifted him off the ground. I didn't use it there because I I, I like picking <clears throat> Kirk Cousins because I live mm-hmm. I, I live in Holland, Michigan, which is the home of Kirk Cousins. He goes to a rival school of my son's oh, really? school. 
Uh, and uh, so anytime that we can back in Kirk Cousins, we do in this house. <laughs> that, oh, that's fantastic. That's good stuff then. Then you guys had a yeah. great week. Uh, yeah. Kirk, right. Kirk, Kirk, to, his, to, be, to be fair, Kirk is a very nice man. Uh, he's uh, and and I've, I've played basketball with his brother before. The good family, good people, but it's easy to root against him too. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, for sure. Uh, one of the uh, highest earners in the league. You know, one of those guys that that. Uh, God bless actually, him for for recalibrating the salary structure yes, and and yeah. for for abusing the franchise tag franchise for what tag. it's designed for. God bless him for that. <laughs> yeah. He did. He did. He did good there. Uh, all right, uh, JOK. We talked about might be the fastest yeah. player on the defense. My goodness, he can fly points A to B. Having said that, he does not anticipate blockers well in this one. Again, uh, there's the there's always game. there's always room for improvement, and uh, for he, sure. But uh, the 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 things that we saw from him. My God, that 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 was that was a fun watch, man. Um, the all twenty two, seeing him and how fast he can accelerate from where he starts to where the, the point of the attack is. That there's not many linebackers in the NFL that can do that at all. Incredible. Uh, you know who else has been incredible is uh, Chase McLaughlin. Uh, out of nowhere, has been straight butter. Uh, you yep. know, seriously, cash, straight cash, homie. Absolutely. Uh, there was it, it, no doubt on either of his field goals from 48, 53, the week before, 56, and they've all been big. They have been. Um, and one of the reasons that, that they've been big is because they're they're going forward and failing on fourth down a lot. Hopefully they're learning that maybe we should let this guy kick um, and, and get the three instead of risking the seven because the, the fourth down offense – um, even when Baker was healthy, has been rotten. <laughs> That's been like yes. the worst part of the entire team. <laughs> yeah. Kick more um, field goals. Come on. I'm going to go down. Do <laughs> yeah, seriously. Well, you know, I get I get Stefanski's idea. Like, in the in the in uh, this game, and he kind of says, you know, I, I judge it. I take into consideration the game. He had to think there was going to be a lot more points scored, which – I understand he went for it at the beginning, but that's yeah. the risk you take is that the final score is 14-7 and you went for it, you know what I mean, yeah. uh, twice in your red zone where you really could have used those six points, right? Um, Jedrick Wills, I'm going to skip to Garrett Park because we know yeah. how fantastic he is, right? But Jed Wills, I want to talk about here. Let's uh, go to the injury report today. Uh, yeah. You know, we've got... Uh, oh, there's a lot of names on there. <laughs> there's so many names on here, it's crazy. But I, the good news is that, you know, Garrett, not injury limit. Hill, uh, Troy Hill was back. Uh, Malik uh, Jackson, not really injured, just rest. McKinley, yeah. I, I don't know what's going on with him. Uh, we know that Newsom's out. And Joku uh, will probably play. Malcolm Smith will probably play. Treader will probably play. Denzel Ward, uh, limited today, will probably play. Uh, Clowney sounds like he'll play. Beckham's going to play. Fields yeah. will play. The problem is uh, Wills, right? Yeah. Uh, I think. Um, Wills down and down at the bottom of the list alphabetically because um, we don't expect Hubbard to play. Uh, I, I no. think um, he and, – and he was limited on – today's Thursday. He was limited on Wednesday and didn't practice on Thursday. That's That's not trending in the right direction. That's so not, that, and I was hoping that that would be, yeah, the solution here because really what he needs, and I asked this to uh, 
I forget who I asked it to. I've, I've interviewed so many people recently um, <laughs> that I lose track of it. No, I asked Jake. I said, Jake, what on on Saturday night before this game, is it worth it just to sit him down for a week and put somebody else out there, whether it be Hudson or or uh, Hans, like Hans. Yeah. or whatever? And he said, no, the fall-off from, from Wills playing hurt to Hans is so significant. And the inter- other interesting thing that, that Nate Ulrich said, Jeff, is that this offensive line, going back to Joe Thomas, because you've got the connection to Joe Thomas with Treader and Batonio, and yeah. these guys just play hurt every week, right? That's so it's part do. of this offensive line's culture that when yeah. you're hurt, you still play. And Wills is trying to fill that. That's just part of the culture that he sees around him. He sees all of his offensive line mates all playing hurt all the way back to Joe who played every single snap for how many ever snaps he played and broke the record. Right. So 10, three, six, three, (laughs) right. There you go. Uh, How did I know you would know that? Um, So, but the, but we're at a point here and you made the point in your article, which I went away from too early, but no, it's, there was was such a drop off from sit him down. Yeah, like he's not he's not helping you. Um, yes, James Hudson came in and played terrible. I thought, um, but you, you, look, you took this guy in the fourth round. You knew that he wasn't necessarily ready. This was a guy who's the defensive playing defense. Was it three years ago when he was at Michigan? Transferred to Cincinnati. They're like, you're not that good on defense, but we can use you on at offensive tackle. He's making that transition. You can't expect that to work overnight. Um, I, I think we saw in Minnesota. Now, now, Minnesota's got a good pass rush. The Chargers happen to have a pretty darn good pass rush, too. they got a guy named Bosa out there um, who will challenge him. I don't know. Like, like I still I still thought that Jed playing on one leg was was better than what I saw from Hudson. And I maybe maybe you put Blake Hansen there. Like you said, if, if Chris Hubbard is healthy, we don't have this problem. And I, I, I don't have any doubt in my mind that they would sit Jed for that. But I think they understand that the stakes are a little higher. You know, you're playing another three and one team. That this is a, this is for some playoff seeding. Um, you got to keep up with Cincinnati because they're going to get a win. You got to keep up with Baltimore because they're going to get a win. Um, so you got to you got to see it. But I really do think that Jed would would be better best served by taking a week off. But it doesn't seem like that's going to be the plan. And uh, I just I just hope that he can hold up. And I hope that you know if Hudson does come in that he, that he's his thing is he will go to block and he thrusts out and hits the hands and that's it. He, he's like, you know, does the push and then he's like, what do I do now? He doesn't he doesn't keep his hands in yeah. contact. He doesn't stay engaged. Doesn't move his feet behind the contact with the hands. It's really easy to see on the game film. He, he's got to get better at that if they want to play him. Yeah, because he's effective in that initial. He blow, is. He's got but... he's got a jolting blow, but after yeah. that. Like okay, what you, you got to get to number two on your list? <laughs> yeah, that only buys you so long back there until you're schooled, right? So yeah, uh, that's trouble. And I don't know what the I guess I really don't know what the answer is. I want to say sit Wills, but you know Jake made the point that sitting him one week may not fix his leg. He may need three weeks. And at what point can you do that? You might have to wait till Hubbard's back. Yeah, and, you, and we don't know want. we don't know a timetable on Hubbard yet. Not not anything that I've heard, anyways. Yeah, I thought it was good that he practiced limited. I thought maybe this would be the week, but so so we'll see. I mean, this is all play yeah. it by year, right? We don't know. Yeah. Uh, 
But if Hudson plays, that's a disadvantage. If Hans is out there, that's probably even worse because he's really a guard. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, what's I, don't, I don't have. I don't have enough opinion on Hans at, at tackle to to realize. Uh, but he, like you said, he's a guard. I'd, I'd yeah. kind of prefer him to play guard. Yeah, you know? absolutely. all things being equal. <laughs> yeah, uh, two point conversion play against Andy Genovich was brilliant. Brilliant, and it'll be there again too. It was a. Uh, it it was a. If my understanding is, it was a wrinkle off the first one they ran where the penalty was called. Yep. Right, and they just kicked him out, and he, instead of it being lead blocker, that he was wide open. Every single Viking stayed inside. He was yeah. alone, and when you've got Kareem Hunt, when you've got David Ojoku running the cross on the other side, you darn well better believe they're going to leave Andy Janovich uncovered on that again. That's one of those that you pull out. You don't pull it out every week because they will get savvy to it. But that's when you pull out when it's you know twenty four to twenty in Baltimore. Um, and, and you want to get up six or, or you know, something like that, or, or it's 27 and you want to get to 28. So they have to do that. That's the time for that play because that's going to be there against them too. Critical, critical uh, and go-to play that they can go back to again. Great point there. And you make a nice point here that they were very alert to Demetric Felton uh, in his limited snaps, obviously worried about him getting the ball in space. Definitely. And, and you can see it. That you could see, you could see it, especially from the all twenty-two. Like they're pointing at uh, 25, 25. You, you can't hear it, obviously, because the, the, they don't have the, the the audio recording. But you can see them, like, okay, who's got twenty-five? And they made a very concerted effort to shut him down. I believe he played six snaps and got two tar- two. I don't think he carried the ball. I think he got two targets, and they they were very quick to snuff those out. So uh, that that's something. Uh, again, if you're going to play him like that, um, you need to have him come into the game where he isn't going to get the ball, or you just have to play him a lot more so it's mixed up. Um, and I don't know who you take off the field when you do that either, because you're taking then you're you're taking Kareem or Nick off the field, and those guys are really good. <laughs> yeah, uh, no no doubt about it. You're watching All Eyes on Cleveland. Special guest Jeff Risden of the Browns Wire with us tonight. Uh, breaking down his article from this week, four takeaways after watching the film with the Vikings. Now we get to the most important takeaway from this. You wrote this on Tuesday, you said? Yeah, Tuesday morning. All right, so let's, let's bring this up here. Baker. Baker, Baker, Baker. We got to talk Baker. Uh, news today, but it, it basically what you said in the article is that this shoulder is an issue, but it's not his only issue. Um, yeah. But you made the point initially here and you can you you elaborate on this uh yeah so so this what is I'm, him in the kansas city game right yes yeah okay. and, and you, you see how his left arm and shoulder are and this, this is basically from the same throw um one of them's going to his right the other one's going to his left but you, you can see and you, if you've watched baker throw you know how he does it he fans the left hand out with the elbow cocked and he rotates through, and the left elbow comes back. When The way he was throwing Sunday, the left elbow was tucked up. It's almost like his thumb is at the top of his sternum, and it doesn't move. Just just go out to your garage, grab a tennis ball, throw the, throw the tennis ball like you normally do, like Baker normally does, and then try throwing it the same way and, and see if you can hit the same spot as accurately. You can't do it, uh, especially if you've been trained to throw that way for as long as you can. You know, he doesn't have... the whether it's the here, harness that was keeping him up or the here shoulder. Yeah. Um, that, that there's a, there's a very visible difference. And I especially noted it when he had to throw the ball outside down the field um, where normally 
Like, like he is a smaller guy. He doesn't, he doesn't lack for arm strength, but he, he is a guy that does have to put a little bit more of his body into longer, deeper throws because he's a smaller guy. And you could see that he could not physically do that on Sunday. Um, and uh, I, I, Shame on me for not going back and watching the Bears game to do it too, because he wasn't good there either. But uh, to me, it was it was clear as day that he he was he was not right. Whether it was the shoulder bothering him, pain threshold, or the harness is keeping him from from physically rotating it, I don't know which it is. Based on what we heard today, it sounds like it's probably more of the shoulder itself than than the harness. Although the harness might be helping too. Yeah, they they said something about the harness or, or whatever, but it's got to be the sh- the harness. You wouldn't have the harness there if you didn't need it for the shoulder. I mean, it wanted right. to cause you, the, you don't right. just wear a harness as a prophylactic. You you wear right. it because you're hurt, and then that's going to disrupt your throwing motion, right? So, but like I thought about this after I read your article and a couple other people saying so. So the natural thing is when he has the ball here, right? Like so, right mm-hmm. here, his natural like when you look at the other one. It's it's like a he opens up like this, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So yeah. then he turns, but he always has this arm out, right? And then he'll right. come through, right? Yeah. But you notice now it's like here, but he's tucking it. He's almost like yeah. chicken winging it in. Yeah. And now it's throwing like this. And if you throw it like that, you're almost aiming the football or pushing it instead of exactly. just throwing it. That's exactly instead of just right. Throwing it, you're like pushing it. You're aiming it. You, you know, what? like little league coaches will say to a pitcher or anybody will say, quit aiming the ball and just throw it, right? Right. Quit exactly. aiming it and throw it. Like coaches say that all the time. But that's like almost like what you get in, when this is his natural motion here. But if he's tucking it back or he's protecting it, the whole body changes. Yep. And like you said, when if you throw a tennis ball in any way, direction, where you're turning your hips – it's gonna you can feel it in your other shoulder i don't know why we didn't think of this before but like so my question is on the play to demetric felton where he's right here Uh and everybody's like how did he miss him there's no way he didn't see him jeff but i'm wondering if to turn his hips this way and throw it to him there he just knew he couldn't do it because yeah because it's out to his right and it would be like if you're protecting your left shoulder, it would be throwing it like that. You're not going to have a lot of strength or accuracy on it. Um, I, I still think he needs to try. Um, that bugged me. That, that was, <laughs> as I said, it wasn't his only. The shoulder wasn't his only problem. He made some okay. bad decisions too. Um, and I, I don't think you can blame the shoulder for the brain not working all the time on Baker. But I mean, look, I, I'm not going to fault a guy for trying to play through pain. Um, uh, I, I covered Matthew Stafford for years. The guy played with broken bones in his back. Um, so I know it can be done, but I also know that he wasn't effective when he did it either. Uh, I've, I'm have i very pleased that the Browns have at least, or or somebody has at least come out and said, yes, he is in fact hurt. You know, he did he did suffer an injury when he made that tackle against Houston because the, the way that they handled it, it, it makes it look like, oh, well, if he's healthy, then, then why the hell does he suck the last two weeks? You know, give, give that that's worse. You know, if he's hurt, he's hurt. Let him let him say that he's hurt. You know, he he's not going to say it, but you got to acknowledge if you're Kevin Stefanski, you can't be like, "Oh, there's no problem." When there's clearly a problem because that's going to breed distrust. That's the sort of thing. And and then so then you're putting the impetus on the the, the Colin Cowherds of the world who be like, 
See, Baker can't keep it up. Look how bad he's been. 53% completions the last two weeks. Ever since he hurt that shoulder, it's in his head now. He can't do things. Um, now now we know it's not in his head. It's actually, in fact, his shoulder. That That's that, that's a better problem, is it not? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, I suppose. Yeah, it is. Um, you make the point, though. It wasn't just that, though. He, no, it wasn't. You know, he, did not, he did not play well regardless of even that. Even if he was 75% or whatever, right? Agreed, yeah. He yes. still did not play well. That was uh, like a, a 2 or a 3 out of 10, right? You know, uh, where it, he it was, was not. It was not his A game. Uh, now, I will I, – I, and I had I had to do this on a, a – I was actually on Jake's show uh, this week, and I have to give the Vikings defense credit. I thought they played really well, specifically their outside corners. I thought Cameron Dancer played really well. I, th- I thought they did a good job – of taking away Baker's first read on every play. Now they didn't cover that dead middle of the field, and he's for whatever reason he threw the middle of the field pretty darn fine, um, and, and hitting that, that those cross you know deep deep slants and, and seam routes. But uh, you know again, sometimes the other team plays well too, and you do have to tip your hat a little bit to the Vikings on that. that that's a better that's a better defense than a one and three team should have. Yeah. I mean, they're to me, they could still very well be a playoff team. Um, yes, they could. There. So, uh, the um, I'm going to read this in a second here. This is today, so your all of your your speculation is confirmed today. Now, I will say that the Browns are still towing this line that it is not affecting his throwing. Uh, Van Pelt said it. Um, Stefanski has said it, and Baker is all. Then all of them are saying the same thing. It is not affecting his throwing at all. Uh, whatever. Browns QB Baker Mayfield uh, has been wearing a shoulder harness to play. Suffered a partially torn labrum yeah. in his left shoulder on September 19th. First, the Texans source to say no surgery needed as of now. He was listed on the report after the injury and hasn't missed a practice snap. Okay. A um, couple things stem off of this comment today uh, from uh, Beckham. This is really interesting. Toughness, uh, you would expect that from him. Odell Beckham Jr. on Baker Mayfield playing through the torn labrum in the left shoulder, right? But then yep. they asked him about it. This is really interesting, right? I've had this since college. Odell Beckham Jr. on the torn labrum in his left shoulder saying that he's had it for 10 years. He's had a torn labrum in his shoulder for 10 years, he said, Jeff. Uh, Maybe that's that's why he uh, doesn't block. (laughs) What what is that? What is that about? I I don't know. Um, This is why why Odell is a fascinating character. This is why the the New York (laughs) media had so much fun with him, because he's going to say things that it might be true. It also might might be just in his head. He's just making it up to make bigger look better. I I don't really know. I don't think anybody really knows. And that that's part of the fun of OBJ. <laughs> odd odd thing to come out. But uh, <clears throat> even further on that topic, if I have it here, uh, okay, uh, that was on Will's. Yeah. All right, uh, I'll get to that. But uh, I believe I don't have it here. But um, where this conversation's making my shoulder hurt, Brad. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> the 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 Van Pelt came out and said that he had that injury when he played. 
uh, had surgery on one, and then the other one he never had surgery on because he, he retired. So <laughs> he so has it, played with the same injury and commented on it today, but said it it is not a fa- still, even though he had surgery on it, maintained that it's not affecting Mayfield's throwing motion. Now, here's why I will say this, uh, to your point, that that's not the only problem. You watch the film. He's missing lots of wide open receivers. Yeah, he's he's not seeing them. Um, he, right. And and he this is one of the things Which that I thought flashes Baker, of 2019, Jeff. Exactly because what we saw last year was a guy who, even in a new offense with receivers, didn't have a lot of chemistry with. Um, he he was seeing the field like he could scan and find the open targets. And, and he hasn't done that. He didn't really even do that in the Houston game all that well. He was just bloody accurate at what he did. So I, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not pushing the panic button on Baker. But if this team wants to win multiple playoff games in a season, and they can, he's got to see the field a little bit better because the openings are there. Because that's one of the reasons why you have all those stinking weapons. So he has choices. He has options. If they if they load up on Odell, if they're loading up to stop the run, you've got a, a point guard quarterback who can make the, the right assist to the right guy. The last couple of weeks, he hasn't really done that either, um, aside from being hurt. And I, I don't know if that's a function of his shoulder or not. I'm certainly not going to try to get into his head and speculate on that. But it's, it's, it's a little concerning, and that's something that I hope that Kevin Stefanski and, and, and Alex Van Pelt are working with him on. It is concerning. It's very concerning. Um, PFF scores, okay? I have to bring it up while they're on the screen. With Beckham on the field, Baker Mayfield, 68.7. Without Beckham on the field, 90.7. And the sample size, Jeff, is only getting bigger. It is. Yeah. That's, uh, is it again- real? Or not? <laughs> Did you see? Let me ask you. Let me. I'll just break it down to one game. Yeah. I know it seems some people will laugh this off and say this is ridiculous, but I have maintained since early last year that it is not a non-factor. There are layers to this, and mentally he affects him. Did you see him force the ball to to Beckham on Sunday? Only once, and. Okay. It was actually a play that they completed. I think he, I think he was what two for seven targeting him. Um, I, I do think that in general, you look, you've got Odell Beckham on the field. You obviously want to use your premier weapons. Uh, you know, uh, why don't you? Especially when Jarvis Landry's out. I mean, nothing against nothing against the other guys. Nothing against Hollywood or or uh, or Donovan Peoples Jones or Anthony Schwartz or anything like that. But they're not Odell Beckham. They don't have that sort of pedigree. And I, I understand he is the best playmaker on the offense uh, at receiver. You want to get that involved, but you ca- you can't force it. And, and I do wonder if he if he lingers a little bit too long, thinking, okay, do I have Odell here? You know, all right, uh, well maybe I don't. Maybe I should go somewhere else. Um, I I don't know that to be true, but I certainly wouldn't wouldn't doubt that it is. You know, you know what I mean. Um, to to your point, because you have been on this for a long time, and. Uh, you know, it's sort of like again. I, I'm a, I'm a big basketball nut. It's sort of like when you've got Car- Carmelo Anthony on the team, and he hasn't gotten the ball for like five possessions in a row on your offense, and you you scored maybe one bucket. 
Like, just just give the ball to Melo and let him go to work, man. You know, and I, I wonder if there's some of that going on with with this offense. Odell will never say it. Baker will never say it. But you know, to your point, maybe, maybe there's just something that's like subconscious there. They're like, oh man, I got I got to keep I got to keep the big dog fed, man. The the biggest thing that jumps out from this game, though, is if Case Keenum is quarterback, does Odell Beckham Jr. have uh, two touchdowns and 160 yards because he got missed twice wide open on walk-in touchdowns from Baker? That, that last – oh, my God, that last throw, that one. And, and, and oh, strategically, that, that call from Stefanski to call that play then – you know, the safety comes up, smart safety uh, for them. What's his name? Uh, Harrison Smith. Harris, Harrison Smith comes up and bites hard on the out oh. route. He goes up. I mean, he just lobs it over his head. He walks in for seven. And what nobody's – and no, we're not talking about this at all, Jeff. What and a Stefanski, perfect play call. <laughs> and Stefanski knew it, too. Like, hey, yep. we can erase Baker's bad day. We can erase this talk. And we can go put the game away with a walk-off in one call. And he called it, and it happened, and he missed him again. It was, it was perfect, and it was there, and he threw it. And it, it, almost, hit, it almost hit Odell in the butt. That can't happen. Their, their explanation doesn't make sense, really, unless he thought he was going to come back. Like he says they read the safety differently, and that Baker read the safety have you heard them talking about this? Yeah, the, he he thought the safety was going to be more to the inside, right? Uh, Odell think. did, or he saw yeah. he saw the safety bite towards another player, and Odell turned, know, Odell turned it up, and, and Baker wasn't expecting him to turn it that far up. And Baker was, he, maintained that yeah, he didn't see that until after until too late. Uh, Ultimately, right. but did he want him to sit down right there? Is that what he was wanting him to that, do? That that seems to be the crux of it, and that's again is Baker seeing the field that well? That that's why not everything is dependent on the shoulder. His his eyes and brain also haven't been at top level either, and that's uh, that's something that I hope changes on Sunday. I mean, that we'll, one though is like see player throw the ball to player. Yeah, nobody around him. Yeah, Case Keenum hits that throw. <laughs> that's my not, point. Not, I mean, not not I mean, to start any controversy or anything, but that that that's when you gotta have man. You can't I miss mean, that one. I mean, Jeff, to twenty five out of thirty quarterbacks in the league hit that one. I mean, that's not. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I don't agree. Know. That that that, uh, that that's a tough one. Let, let's hope that Baker bounces back and has a good game against a good but vulnerable Chargers defense. I hope so too. I'd like to put this narrative behind us. I really would. That would be great. I, I wanted to believe that. <laughs> that would be that, great. <laughs> yeah, I I wanted to believe that that was the case, but until we see it happen in week week one together, they were they were okay. You know, set, mm-hmm. what five catches for seventy some yards? It didn't look like he forced it, but Baker still didn't have his. He let's be honest, he has not played like Baker of last year since quarter three of the Chiefs game yeah he the Houston game was not his best one um for sure obviously he had the injury in that I I think a lot of people at that time were like oh you know what he went off and and so I, I was in the car listening to that game on the radio um the first time and the way that Jim Donovan and Doug Deacon talked about Baker like 
I was shocked that he didn't like get into an ambulance on the field and go to the ER <laughs> the way that they talked about how how the hit was or, or how, yeah. how how the shoulder got yeah, he effectively did it to himself. <laughs> you know, yeah. My God. So uh, I don't know. There, 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 there's a fine line there. And I, I again, I, I don't think you can sit him, but if he's not right, you have the shoulder in now, like it's, it's in play, it's out there. And if he's not playing well, you can be like, you know what? Let, let, he's not healthy. We can put Case Keenum in. And it's not seen as Baker sucks. We're putting Case Keenum in to replace him. There's a, and you, you have to do it that way. There's no which other is, way to do it. <laughs> which is why it's so weird that they're all maintaining it's not affecting his throwing at all. Like they will exactly. not give an inch on that. And I don't understand. That. I don't either. I, I, don't, I don't think they're handling it that well. I, I don't have a lot of criticism about the Browns coaching and, and organization, but that is one of them. Um, that I don't think they've handled Will's injury all that effectively either. That's another complaint of mine. If we're yeah. uh, airing our grievances, it's not festivus yet. But I would agree. I mean that that was the, <laughs> the last thing we wanted to talk about here tonight, and I had it up a minute ago, and and, and it disappeared on me. Uh, was you know this this tweet here from from uh, Daryl Ryder today about Bosa, and this will lead us into our final topic: is is the game? Yeah, uh, Bosa looming. Brown's left tackle situation a bit concerning. Wells Jr. not on the field. Ankle, Chris Hubbard, triceps both not practicing today. Blake Hance is likely to be called upon if neither can go Sunday. Will it be Hance or will it be Hudson? I'm gonna I'm gonna take Daryl's word and, and say that it's Hance there. Um because I, I think they saw the Hudson experiment. And I think they saw that that wasn't gonna be what, what was gonna get done against Joey Bosa. Uh they, the, the 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 nice thing with the Chargers is is that they don't get a lot from the other side. Uh, th- they do have guys there that, that are effective, but like there are more. Bosa is like what Miles was before Olivier Vernon came to town. Like, like he's going to make the yeah. guy on the other side look better, but the guy on the other side, like they don't have Melvin Ingram anymore. Uh, they, they don't have um, – who's the other guy that they had? Um, I'm blanking on it. I don't know my Chargers history that well. Sorry. Um, back when they were still in San Diego – uh, like like Jerry Tillery's a, he he's a, he's a dude on the inside, but they don't they don't really like if you stop Bosa, you can you can put a tight end in there. This this is a game for David Njoku, assuming he can play, to show that he can be an inline tight end and block because I don't think Austin Hooper does it all that well, and I certainly don't want Harrison Bryant trying. <laughs> and you know this game, I I don't think that, I think they'll have a hard time stopping the Browns run. I don't know how they, they have. They, they have the they have the league's worst run defense. Um, yeah, they're, they're not good against the run. So yeah. that bodes well for the Browns. But the thing about it is, Jeff, that comes to me is that their offense is so explosive, and Herbert has looked so good so far yeah. that they are going to need explosive plays on the offense, running the ball like they did, you know, or in the past two games is not going to cut it this weekend. I don't think. You, you've got to get back to getting Nick Chubb to get the 50-yard touchdown. He's doing a really good job at getting the eight, you know, first and 10. He's getting you to second and two, which is great. But last year and the year before that, he was a guy that, like, he'd go first and 10 from your own 25 to first and 10 at the opposing 30. And he's only done that, like, once or twice this year. Or not just once, I think. They, they need more of those giant chunk runs because the chunk plays in the pass game – you can't really rely on that. It hasn't been there. And 
By the way, their secondary is really good. They got Derwin James. Now, Sear Adderley at safety. That guy can play. Don't sleep on this guy, Cleveland. The, 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 the Chargers have a good back end. They don't defend the run all that well. Their linebackers aren't very good. But they they have the ability to make things happen on that back end if, if Baker isn't right or if the receivers aren't at their best. You know, No tip drills this week. If you're not catching that ball, hit that ball down. Don't hit it up because it's going back the other way then. Yeah. Uh, I I really, really hope we can get a Baker bounce back game because I honestly think they may need it to win this one. Um, this this team is hot right now. This is a hot Chargers team. Their offense is hot. Uh, I, I think that they are one of the best teams in the AFC. I honestly do think Agreed. that they have put themselves up there in that upper echelon, You know, hence the name of the show tonight, Elite AFC Showdown, because I really think – the Browns and the Chargers are two of the best teams in the AFC right now, and um, I think they proved that on Monday night. You know, doing what they did to the Raiders, really, it was a more dominant game than it than it looked like uh, as the Raiders made it close. But really, Herbert has put himself up there, up there. He's playing real well, man, yeah. real well. And when you have Mike Williams and Keenan Allen and and the and Austin Eckler, who is fantastic out of the backfield and in the run game, I mean they have weapons all over the place on that offense. Uh, you know, Guyton gets a, a touch in the run game. Plus, he's a threat on the deep ball. They they just have a lot of weapons and a lot of places to go. And he's playing like a, a veteran quarterback. I mean, talk about seeing the field well. He is seeing the field really well. He um, is so. I mean, they're, they're, they're a good team. This is this is going to be a, this is a game that's going to be decided by turnovers. Um, can the Browns' defense force any? Uh, the Charger, the Chargers, uh, the first two weeks they turned the ball over twice. I don't think they've turned the ball over twice per game. They haven't done it since then. So, yeah, uh, twice being able against to, the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, you've got to be able to take the ball away, sh- get a short field, get it, get it, at least a field goal out of it. Get 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 one of those momentum swings where you can string two or three scores together in a row. Because if you try to go toe-to-toe with these guys, they they might beat you, even as good as the defense is playing. That, yeah. That's a good that's a good football team we're, we're going to see on Sunday. It really is. Very good. I, I think it's going to be a really good game. I, I just hope we get I, I'm excited best. to watch it. I think it's going to be great. Yeah. Great AFC slate at the top of the AFC. You got the Bills and, and the Chiefs going on this weekend, too. A couple of really, really high-profile games that are going to sort things out in the, at the top of the AFC. Let's hope that the Browns uh, are one of the teams that winds up four and one at the end of the day. Yeah, we'll find out find out a lot about the Browns this weekend. I think uh, as we did last weekend, we found out a lot about them, but not what I not how I thought we were going to find out about them. I thought they were going to outscore them, but ended up being a grind fest. And and hey, the defense has showed up and saved us. So you know, the Browns defense playing well makes this all the more interesting. Uh, can they get through this period here? Uh, can Baker bounce back and and still play well with the 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 shoulder? We'll see. I mean, all of this stuff he he kind of has to at this point. He's going to have to on Sunday. Yep, yep. So. it's on him. He he can do it. Yeah. Let's see him do it. Go do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> do it. Uh, Jeff, uh, you're fantastic as always. Thank you so much for your time, man. You're you're a gentleman and a scholar. Jeff Risden, the Browns Wire, managing editor editor at the Detroit Lions Wire. Brutal right now. Uh, uh, that's why I'm talking to you. This is this is the fun <laughs> team. This is the good team. The uh, the Vikings are going to win this week because they're playing the Lions. And uh, if yeah. you if you if you really want to get if you want to laugh. 
in, in commiseration, the Lions have over 55% of their salary cap unavailable this weekend to play the Vikings, um, and including their three best offensive linemen, their number one receiver, their number one, number two, and number three cornerbacks. Um, that it, it It's rough, man. It's, it's a rough time in Detroit. <laughs> how, how did they almost beat the Ravens, Jeff? They're, they they give Dan Campbell gets every single ounce he can out of these guys, and they're aggressive. They're, there's lessons to be taken from watching how the Lions played the Ravens. The, the what they did, the Browns can do that. They can do it with a lot more talent. And that I, I came away. I honestly, God, I came away from watching the the Lions Ravens game two weeks ago, and I'm like. I felt better about the Browns' chances against the Ravens after watching it because I saw yeah. how the Browns will defend this. I'm like, they can do that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Jeff, you're the best, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Thanks, Brad. Thanks for having me on. Yep. We're back. Big thanks to Jeff Risden of the Browns Wire. You can uh, watch this show back at the Browns Wire. It'll get published there tomorrow morning. Uh, you can watch it on the website, www.alleyesoncleveland.com, uh, and on YouTube, where I would love for you to go and subscribe and hit like and tell a friend, and hit the notification bell, and tell everybody that uh, you love All Eyes on Cleveland and everybody should come listen to it and watch it. That's what you should do. Uh, presented by Blue Wire Hustle. Uh, so, yeah, this game is is a huge one. It's an elite game. Two top, top teams in the AFC. Chargers are for real. The Browns are for real. Going to need Baker to play better. No question about it. Uh, I think he bounces back in this one. I think that uh, he'll got uh, a good game in this one. Um, and they're going to need Odell, too. But that that narrative remains until they can prove it wrong and it's not Odell's fault and it might not even be so much Baker's fault at this point but it's just there it's just there and the more that it remains there the more people are going to talk about it the more it's going to stay in his head there's layers to it it's not as simple as Odell's a great player he's on the field they're better it's not that simple it's not that simple there's so much of the game is mental it's just not that simple um I want to say thank you to uh, members of All Eyes on Cleveland, uh, our most recent members, Robert Schulner and Nick Farmer. You can become a member if you support the work we do here at All Eyes on Cleveland by going to the link in the description below for Patreon. Become a member of Patreon, just $3 a month. You can go to our website, www.alleyesoncleveland.com and become a member there. Just click become a member. You can also view all of our shows on YouTube on the website, listen to it in podcast form on any uh, of the podcast forms that you listen to your podcasts on there uh, as well. Um, and uh, all of that is available to you at www.alleyesoncleveland.com or just go to the link in the description below. Uh, great stuff from Jeff tonight. Great coverage of the Vikings game. This is a huge one, guys. This is an absolutely huge one. This is a huge test. We all watched the Chargers play on Monday. They are impressive. 
Very, very impressive team. The Browns are super impressive, too. But I don't think playing defense and running the ball is going to cut it this weekend the way that Herbert's playing. Uh, so you're going to need Bake to play like Baker and uh, find, figure out a way, whatever it is mentally, to get off the schneid that he's kind of fallen on after a couple of real good quarters to start the season and get back to what he, he was doing at the end of two, 2020, regardless of if 13's on the field or not. And if he's open, then get him the ball. But he's missing wide open receivers. People are asking about Donovan Peoples-Jones. You, you can, you know, Jake Burns, you know, friend of show, you can check out some of his film work on that. He's missing 11 open at times. He's not seeing the field as well as he did at the end of last year. Uh, and I don't know if he can completely blame that on the shoulder or whatever, but I certainly think the shoulder is affecting the accuracy. When you take one arm and you try to throw a ball harder and you're tucking the other shoulder in, as we and Jeff were talking about earlier, as opposed to the natural progression of as he releases normally, it's going to affect the way you throw the ball. Um, and he's throwing high and wide, which we saw a lot in 2019. So, Hopefully they've recognized this, they correct it, you know, he's got the harness on, but he he can still go out and be effective. As he still has been, as Jeff pointed out, in the middle of the field, it hasn't been as big of a problem. It's when he's going to the sides, deep and outside the numbers. Um, so we'll, we'll keep an eye on these things uh, as we go forward, but huge, huge game, 4 o'clock on Sunday. Um, this is a test, big test for the Browns. I will be back with you with Jake Burns of the OBR Film Room Breakdown on Saturday night for our uh, crossover game day preview, which we are doing every week now. All Eyes on Cleveland uh, and OBR uh, Film Room Breakdown crossover event. It'll be out probably late in the evening, Saturday uh, to get you ready on Sunday morning for this monstrous game. Thanks for watching All Eyes on Cleveland. Uh, big thanks to Mikey on the ones and twos. Once again, Jeff Risden, great job. My name is Brad Ward. Uh, shout out to Troy Hill playing field. They're all eyes on Cleveland. We here, yeah. They're all eyes on Cleveland. We here, yeah. And with that, we're going to get out of here. Uh, go Browns. See you on the flip side.